Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and it gives me great pleasure to bring Dr. Randy Newman back on the show today. And he is a senior fellow for apologetics and evangelism with the C.S. Lewis Institute. But we're bringing him on today to talk about the Red Letter Series, which means uh, you start with the words of Jesus and then take it anywhere you want over Scripture and talk about what Jesus said and what he meant and put it in context or connect as many dots as you want. And he agreed to do that. We're going to talk to him today about Matthew 6, which I'm looking forward to. Randy, welcome. Well, it's great to be with you again. Thanks so and much. You're nice to say that. This is a very momentous day um, because it was the day C.S. Lewis died. Oh, that is that is correct. That's yeah. right. November 22nd, and then, 1963. And then in just a few days, it will be his birthday. Uh, I usually celebrate his birthday rather than his death day. Okay. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. This is uh, this is that important day. You're yeah. right. Yeah, and his birthday is November 29th, born in 1898. And I celebrate it every year. Yeah. I mean, come on. Not one of the greatest thinkers ever. Uh-huh. I just love him. And, and someone who still makes me laugh whenever I read him. It's amazing. <laughs> not, 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 not in every sentence, of course. Of course. Of course. I do find myself laughing out loud. So, yeah. Um, now, uh, Randy, before we get to the business at hand today, I know you've got uh, another book coming out. Tell me what the update is on that. Uh, it's coming out at the end of February. Okay. So, good. by the way, I'm I'm fighting some allergies here, so I may be clearing my throat a bunch. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's called Questioning Faith: Indirect Journeys of Belief Through Terrains of Doubt. Okay. It's written for people who deal with doubt. It's uh, about people who are asking questions. Okay. And uh, I'm very excited about it. I, I finished it quite a while ago just because of what Crossway has so many books that they're releasing. Mine got uh, delayed a little bit. Um, so I, I hope I still remember the book when it comes out, but I, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it. And boy, if there if there's a way I could come back on your show after that comes out, that would that'd be really fun. Well, I'm going I'm to block the month of February off and I'll just have you on every day. The whole month of February. Yeah, that that's sounds, the plan. That's the plan right now. Um, no, that sounds like a very bad plan because then nobody would buy the book and read it because <laughs> they would hear about it too much. And so um, that, that's that, that's a bad plan. All right. I, I'm realizing now that as we're talking, this is live, isn't it? This is people as far are as actually, you know, as far as you know, yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's I, I, I've got to behave better. No, I, not necessarily. Because I like mm. I like the raw Randy Newman. That's the that's my favorite version of you, which I think is yeah. the only version that's available. <laughs> I I I did think it was funny. I'm 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 preaching this Sunday on this passage in Matthew six, and it's about anxiety. And as I get closer to Sunday, I'm getting more and more anxious. And then <laughs> when I just I just realized looking at some emails between you and the, the people there that this is live and I, I, I got I got more anxious now yeah. talking about anxiety. So um 
Well, how do you, uh, how do you think I feel? I'm getting more anxious now that I have a guest on who's anxious. This is <laughs> this is snowballing. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're talking about what Jesus said, not what you and I have to say. <laughs> That's very true. All right, there's eight billion people in this world. We don't need another opinion, do we? Let's get to the Word of God. <laughs> nice transition, Bill. What'd you think of that one? That that was good. Although I, I have to be honest with you, I'm a little concerned the way you introduced this. You said we're starting with the words of Jesus, and then we can take it wherever we want. No, 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 Bill. That's that would be a bad plan. Well, we it's don't. A, it's, it's a horrible we don't plan. Take yeah, it forever. I didn't yeah. say that. Well, what I meant was, I think when you were talking to my producer Wyatt, he was you didn't like the idea that you had to be stuck in one place. And oftentimes when guests come on and they start with a passage of, that, of what Jesus said, they then will reference other places in scripture that connect to it. So that's what oh, I meant by that. that's what you meant. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. Yeah. Uh, that, has, that has alleviated some anxiety. Now I yeah. wish we were recording so I could edit this before it goes on to the show, but now it's, we can't because it's live. Too late. Too late. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Should we start over from the beginning? Do you think that's a uh, good that idea? <laughs> I don't think we can. That's my, my understanding of live radio is uh, that it doesn't work that way. All right. Do you want me to read the passage, or do you want do you want to do it, or should we do half I would, and half? I would, I would I would love for you to read the passage. Okay, to preserve and, your throat. Exactly. Yeah. That is the main reason. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And we're looking at uh, twenty five through thirty four. Is that right? That's right. Of Matthew six. Okay. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. End of the reading. Mm-hmm. All right, your turn. Um, my turn. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, um... Well, you know, I, 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 um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because um, my wife and I just moved. Uh, You're in Texas now, aren't you? We're in Texas. Uh, we that's right. We moved in February, so we've been here not not quite a year, so eight or nine months. We had lived in Northern Virginia for a um, very long time, I, over thirty years. And um, I'm realizing that I'm I'm kind of anxious about this uh, uh, settling and finding places and not getting lost and all that. There, there's a lot of opportunity for anxiety. And I think for a really long time, I would just read a passage like this and say, oh, OK, um, I'm not going to be anxious there. I turn that switch off. And what I was really doing was pretending or lying to myself. 
And as I've studied more of what the scriptures say, there's there's a lot about anxiety. There's a lot of um, it. Some people say it is one of the most frequent commands in scripture. Do not fear. Well, if it's mentioned that often, it must be a big deal and it must be a common ailment or a common I don't know, an, a, a, an occupational hazard of being a human being in a very anxious world. And so instead, I've been looking more closely about how God promises to be with us right in the midst of it and to give us his presence. Um, and so it's not just this magical switch that you just flip and say, oh, I'm not anxious anymore. Um, it's more of over time, more and more connecting deeply with the Lord in the midst of anxiety. Um, so that's that's why, um, by the way, I, um, I, I'm, I'm preaching on it this Sunday, like I said, but I didn't choose this passage. I, I got contacted by a friend who's a pastor of a church. He said, hey, I heard you moved to Austin. Could you fill in for me the Sunday after Thanksgiving? I said, sure. I said, what do you want me to preach on? He said, oh, you can preach on anything you want. Just, you know, let me know. And I said, well, you're, you're probably in the middle of a series, aren't you? I mean, I'd like to just kind of, you know, fit in. I thought I was being a nice guy. You know, <laughs> why, don't I, why don't I just fit in with, yeah. you know, I don't want to disrupt things. He said, oh, that would be great. We're doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount. And I thought, oh, great. I love the Sermon on the Mount. What passage would I be in? And then he, talked, he said it was this passage on anxiety. And I thought, Oh, I shouldn't have been trying to be a nice guy. I should have just, you know, picked whatever I wanted. But too late, I, I signed up, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm actually kind of amused that this is where the Lord would have me. But, um, and and so what, a, I, what a lovely dry run you have right now on Faith Radio. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is like I, I gotta, I gotta practice. I gotta have uh, Bill Arnold fill me in on what I should say. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So. Um, but no, I mean, I, 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 I've, I've come to see that uh, I was pretending I wasn't real, um, and um, I've been reading some very, very helpful things by Ed Welch. I don't know if you've ever had him up him I, on your. Show. I have had Ed on the show several times. Oh, oh man, his his writings about anxiety and fear have been very, very helpful for mm-hmm. me. And um, again, just that idea of rather than this magical just lifting, oh, there, now I don't have a problem. It's connecting with the Lord who is near. That's that's the phrase Ed Welch keeps coming back to about that that the Lord is near. In the in the Philippians 4 passage about do not be anxious, it's to remember the Lord is near. And just his his nearness, his closeness, that is a much more powerful force against the struggles of anxiety. So good. Dr. Randy Newman is my guest. We're in the Red uh, Letter series. So the words of Jesus were in Matthew chapter 6, and our verses that we're looking at today is 25 through 34. So when you hear these words, do not worry about your life, um, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. All right, uh, let's put this in, in, in the context of what Jesus was saying to people in the first century. Um, yeah, well, well, if you don't mind, um, I, I promise, I promise I'll answer your question. Yeah, I'll go no, that's there. fine. Um, but but it, it does, we do need to point out 
Um, there are a whole lot of people talking about the fact that our world right now is getting more and more anxious. Oh. And that this is, this is a, I mean, some have labeled it an epidemic, um, particularly with younger people, <clears throat> uh, teens and younger uh, middle school uh, students, tremendous spike in rates of anxiety and depression. So we're, we're reading this passage in light of the first century of what Jesus was saying then, and in light of the 21st century of, oh my goodness, we we need to find some answers. We need to find some helps for this um, because the, the very people who are writing about how this is an epidemic is a problem, they're, they're not necessarily coming up with really, really great helps for people, at least the, not as I've read and, and watched. Um, and then on top of that is I, I really do think our world is becoming more dangerous distraught uh i mean wars and uh you're reading about hostage exchanges and um uh i mean you just go on you know we're we're still kind of coming out of a pandemic mm-hmm. except that not really i mean it's so i mean there's there are just objectively speaking there's more things to be anxious about legitimately i agree uh, so uh, just covering it up or denying it or escaping, uh, that's that's not really helping people very much. So um, uh, so this passage is timely as God's word always is, um, but it but it seems particularly timely for us to dig in and be real about this. So Randy, when we focus on ourselves instead of God, that's usually when the worry intensifies. That's the only thing oh. I can think of right now is when I am my when I when I am focused on on God I can stay calm when I focus on me and everything else I have to do I can find myself just uh, in a world of worry. And oh, this is great! Uh, this uh, you've I think you've got I think you've tapped into the central theme of this passage because look at what Jesus is saying. Um, I mean, basically, the prevailing view is look to yourself. But look what he's saying. He's saying, look at the birds, look at the the flowers, mm-hmm. look at the Lord, look at the way he pro- look look at how valuable you are to the Lord. Are you not much more? Isn't life much more than food and clothing? So it's yes, it's exactly right. It's turning. The exact opposite. Our, our natural bent would be to look inward as if we could find resources there. And he say, no, look outward. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Look at the Lord. Look at the kingdom and his righteousness. And again, I don't think this is an automatic magical switch. But the more we are focused outwardly at the Lord, at how he works, how he provides, how he how he how he works in nature. I mean, I just think that's it's it's not it's almost funny that he you know look at the birds, look at the flower, look at them, and observe them, and um, that has power to help get us set free from looking within and trying to find the resources within. Yeah, I see the little critters scrambling in my neighborhood, anywhere from deer to ducks and i'm thinking boy they're they're all being beautifully cared for by a sovereign god who has given them the capability to survive a minnesota winter and to be just fine and they're gathering their food getting ready for their winters and 
God's in control. And I look at that and I think, oh my, I'm of such greater value than they are. And yet, yeah. and yet I've got this climate controlled home with a, a faucet that brings warm water into my house and a lever that takes dirty water out. And it's just, uh, it's remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm laughing as you said about a Minnesota winter. I'm thinking I just survived an Austin, Texas summer. <laughs> no, and, uh, it's the same and thing. The fact that either one of us can survive this is is <laughs> evidence enough of God's supernatural provision. Yeah. Well, I would say the 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 Minnesota winters are they're, they're they can be very harsh, and I know Texas summers are brutal. But because I've been in Texas in the summer, but no, I I know it's uh, you spend most of that indoors and just avoid avoid the weather. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So uh, let me take a little break. Dr. Randy Newman is my guest. We are looking in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. We're in our Red Letter series. If you have a question or comment, the text line is always open, 877-933-2484. Be right back with Randy. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Dr. Randy Newman is my guest, and we're talking today about Matthew chapter 6, and Randy People can be confident that God will faithfully meet their their needs, just the way He provides for the birds. He will surely take care of us. Uh, what a comforting thought from this passage. Uh huh. Yes. Um. Um. But but it goes even bigger. It goes f- far greater than that. I mean, yes, looking at the birds, looking at the the flowers, yes. But but it's it's as if Jesus is kind of using those as preps. So here, here, let, let, let's start close to you. Let's look at the birds. Let's look at the uh, flowers. Okay, but now let's get a much bigger picture because eventually where he gets to is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, and so uh, it's so much bigger than God just providing provision for survival. <clears throat> he, he, is, he has inaugurated his kingdom and his righteousness, the, the fullest display of that is Jesus's death on the cross. And so when we're tempted to wonder if he's going to provide, we just need to kind of pause and step back and say, look what he has provided. He's provided salvation. Mm-hmm. He's provided his death to pay for my sins. He's taken care of my absolute biggest, most eternal problem. So can I trust him with a temporal problem like enough finances to get through the month or food or clothing. Well, he's taken care of the absolute largest. Look to his kingdom and his righteousness. And then it's okay. All right. I mean, this is, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that these concerns we have are nothing. Um, We do need to eat. (laughs) We do need clothing. We do Mm -hmm. need uh, heat in a cold house in the winter and et cetera. So it's not nothing. But when you put it in on the on the much larger canvas of look at what he has provided. Um, and so, you know, my I, I want to regularly jump to um 
Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son, but has uh, given us him, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If God is for us, who could be against us? Um, so, so it's, it, again, it's, it's looking at the anxiety and then looking at it in light of the much larger canvas. Mm-hmm. And Randy, when Jesus talks about the needs being met, don't worry, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Of course, when we look at the world and we do see millions of people that have little to nothing to eat or to drink or to wear, um, Jesus is not talking in this passage about eradicating worldwide hunger and poverty, is he? Well, I don't think so. And uh, I was almost afraid that you were going to raise this issue because I don't I don't really know a be, a, the best way to, to take that into account. This is definitely a passage about individual people and individual anxiety. Okay. So, yeah, let's stick um, on that then. I like that. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, I mean, that's that. That really is a much larger and bigger issue. I don't think this is the only passage that would speak to that. So we have to look at a larger thing. I, again, I don't mean to dismiss it, but it is interesting, isn't it? Of you hear testimonies from people who really have faced dire situations and they have clung to the Lord in ways that are so much more gripping and real than some of my anxieties. And so, when I'm, so um, but I, I don't know if I can take on that, that bigger issue and see, this is where I wish we weren't doing live. Cause at this point I would just say, Bill, don't do that. Just, just, <laughs> scratch that line off of your notepad. Well, I get it. I get it. But I'm also in that mode because we're going to be up against, you know, relatives that are going to be antagonistic maybe, or friends that Mm. you're going to be with over the holidays Mm. that are going to say things like this. So I'm just trying to throw those questions out there that says, let's be equipped to try to respond as best we can. Uh, That's, that is fair. I'll, 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 I'll allow that. <laughs> yeah. Now, having said that, uh, Randy, let's get back to uh, your sermon notes, because this is what I'm most interested in. <laughs> well, um, I came across something um, that I think sheds some light again of uh, the resources that we have as Christians, as people who know what God's kingdom is about. Uh, they really are great resources. And again, the kinds of resources people turn to. Now, in this passage, Jesus says, um, you know, don't be like the pagans. Uh, look at what, you know, how they worry. Um, so we do need to look at the the solutions or the advice that people are given in the world. And it's really not very helpful. So um, I came across this article. I, I quote it in, in um, my book, Mere Evangelism, and a number of Christians have quoted it. And if it's okay, I'd like to read a paragraph. Please. It's, it, um, it's, it was an op-ed piece published in the Wall Street Journal not that long ago, just a few years ago. It was a, um, a woman who serves as a, a, a psychologist. And, um, well, well, she writes this. As a therapist, I'm often asked to explain why depression and anxiety are so common among children and adolescents. One of the most important explanations, and perhaps the most neglected, is declining interest in religion. And then she documents some of that decline. And then she writes, 
nihilism, the, the belief that there is nothing, that there's no hope, there's no purpose. She says nihilism is fertilizer for anxiety and depression, and being realistic is overrated. <laughs> she said um, the belief in God in a protective and guiding figure to rely on when times are tough is one of the best kinds of support for children in an increasingly pessimistic world. Later in the article, she says, but I am often asked by parents, well, how do I talk to my child about death if I don't believe in God or heaven? Wow. My answer is always the same, lie. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that you simply die and turn to dust may work for some adults, but it doesn't help children. Isn't that amazing? Oh, the, amazing. Title of, the title of her op-ed piece was Don't Believe in God? Question mark. Lie to your children. Oh my. Oh my. And I, I think, well, I that might be the best that some people can come up with if they don't believe in God. But here's another idea. Maybe they should reconsider. Maybe there is a God who does care for us, who does take care of us. And and that's so much better than this nihilistic, hopeless thing of, well, we're just here, we're just accidents. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, it's funny and tragic at the same time. But um, she's saying that this idea of there is no God, there is no hope, it's really not good for people. No. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Sorry. No, no, Could but we, it's very, no, it's, yeah, it's horribly sad. And, on weekends, sometimes I'll I'll spend a little extra time reading through some of the obituaries just because I am interested in seeing how people will summarize their life and how they are viewing the afterlife. And it's remarkable how people will make up the most ridiculous things because that's what suits their emotional needs as as remaining family members. They make up a story that's just utterly ridiculous, but it's somehow filling a need. Well, because because we have to find, I mean, because we have to find some hope. Yeah. We are we are hope made creatures. We we long for that hope. And again, coming back to C.S. Lewis, he he says, you know, the the fact that we even ask those questions, the fact that we are even longing, um, it either means that we just have to keep trying to find something else to satisfy. Or we have to become complete cynics and say, well, yeah, there's just no hope. Or, and this is probably one of the most beautiful sentences ever, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is I was made for another world. And isn't that just a beautiful notion and a picture of, well, of course we're longing for meaning and hope and stability in a in a very unstable world, because we were made for another world that is so much more stable and hopeful and beautiful and glorious. Mm. You just pray that your friends and loved ones that don't know that truth, that the, that the Holy Spirit will turn on the light bulb in their head and they'll see yeah. that as the reality because nothing has really satisfied me in this life. Is there something more? And what happens when I take my last breath? Then what? And and we need to we need to be able to articulate that with with real compassion and concern for them because it's so easy to slip into condemnation or sarcasm or how's that working for you? Right. And 
instead to be able to say, no, no, I'm really concerned about people because I don't think I don't think the most common answers that uh, people are coming up with, I, I don't think it's really helping them that much. Um, we're telling people to turn to a, an identity that they have to create. Um, and I, I don't think that's working for people. I don't think that's providing an identity that will really help them through the trials and difficulties of this world. Randy, what did you mean by that, that they would have to create an identity? I don't know if I understood well, that. Um, well, um, uh, I just moved to Austin, Texas, and you may know that the slogan that used to be a big deal in Austin was keep Austin weird. And um, I don't, I don't exactly know what they meant by that, but that's not that that that's um, that's not the slogan that I see now. There, there's more and more of these things. Um, I saw it in, in like this really um, kind of beautiful graffiti, but it said, "Write your own story." Mm. Uh, and I was talking to someone who's lived in Austin for a long time. I said, "Okay, that's really the that's really the motto of of Austin now in the last." 10 years, write your own story, create your own reality, craft your own future. And um, well, that, I mean, that sounds really good. And it sounds, I don't know, just very inspiring. Um, the problem is we're, we're not qualified for that job. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> write your own story, create your own future. I, I, the only person who could create the future is someone who's outside of time. That That's not me. Um, and so people are are trying to say that you you create your own identity, and it's just creating so much more and more of anxiety and depression because we 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 don't have the we don't have the uh, the power source to do that. But what if what if our identity, our story, was created by someone who who is powerful enough to do that? What if we're part of a story that God has crafted and what we need to do is to find out the story that he's calling us to be part of? Um, there's something liberating and 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 uh, freeing about that. Um, whereas create your own identity. Oh my goodness, I, I just, um, uh, I, I can't find the words for how anxious and upsetting that could possibly be. <laughs> Randy, I know you love music, and I think of a group like the Beatles. I know you've heard of them, right? I have, yeah. yeah. They were a big deal quite a while ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they still are. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they were, what, together nine years. They had all kinds of fights. They didn't get along. John Lennon hated the sound of his own voice. I'm going, you guys couldn't be happy? Really? You guys wrote a pretty spectacular story. Mm. I don't know. Um, I don't know why yeah, I brought that up, but it's, here we go. Well, this is a, uh, these are guys that wrote an incredible story, legendary in music, and yet they still had trouble getting along. and And one of the lead singers didn't even like his own voice. So it's like, yeah, of course, there's nothing in this world that can satisfy your deepest longings, except God. Yeah, uh, but but think about think about the alternative. What what would it be like for a group of musicians who thought? Well, the reason why they were good musicians was because God chose to give them abilities yeah. and give them um, capabilities to sing, and he 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 chose what their voice would sound like, and and then he called them together to work in harmony. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
with that kind of picture or larger framework, um, it could work so much better. Yeah, sure could. We'll take a little break. Dr. Randy Newman is our guest. We're in Matthew chapter 6, our Red Word series. We'll be right back. My guest is Dr. Randy Newman, and we're in the Red Word series, The Words of Jesus. We're in Matthew chapter 6, talking about that beautiful uh, portion of the chapter 6 where Jesus teaches his disciples not to be anxious about what they'll eat or what they'll wear. And of course, that certainly represents some pretty basic human needs, but he wants us to follow him and trust him as our provider and to live in the present, which is a hard thing to do, Randy. Um, uh, It is hard. Um, It becomes a little less difficult, though, if we just shift our mindset. If, if, in other words, it... we recognize that our natural default is to go either into the future or the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we either start looking at the future, what it's going to be, and we get nervous or anxious, or we look in the past and why can't things be as good as they once were there? And we get nostalgic and probably very um, inaccurate ways. <laughs> we tend to we, we either we either remember the past as being better than it really was. And so then we get dissatisfied with the present or we look at the past and we think, um, boy, that was really horrible. It really messed me up. And so I can't be what I what I want to be now. Um, Whereas the scriptures regularly call us to look at where you are right now and remember that the Lord is with you, that the Lord is good. Um, um, I mean, we do need to do planning for the future. There's, you know, there's wisdom that the. Proverbs tells us about budgeting and planning, sure. Um, but the, but but just choosing to turn off that default mode to go either the future or the past and say, let me just let me just stay right here. Let me realize that the Lord is with me right here. Um, you know, um, uh, uh, something fairly recent for me was um, the reminder. I mean, I knew this, but the reminder that Jesus is praying for us right now. He prays for me. He he's praying about this radio conversation right now, Bill. Isn't that isn't that just astonishing? It's amazing. Yes. And, and doesn't that that give a sense of okay, um you know, I probably will say some really bad things, stupid things that they <laughs> might need to edit out or mm-hmm. or I might, you know, just kind of stumble and like, oh, gee, I don't know what to say now. Okay, Jesus is praying, and he's going to, he's praying to the Father, use this radio conversation for the building up of your people, the building up of our people, the church. And I don't know, that just sort of like, oh, I can exhale, and I can uh, trust him and find a sense of calm in the midst of the storm that that that's just just transformational it really is um thank you for even reminding me of that that mm-hmm. god has um a purpose for this conversation that will 
work in the lives of people listening right now. And it's important because I get on the phone and I I get to talk to Randy Newman today. And this is going to be a great discussion. And sometimes I have to be always reminding myself that the Holy Spirit is working through this conversation to to make significant differences into the lives of, of the people listening. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the text, and I see that at least twice Jesus refers to God as um, your heavenly father. And, you know, that, that just becomes this cliche for us that we don't even think about it. Um, uh, some of us, that's, that's our starting point of every prayer, mm-hmm. heavenly father. And, and, and we, we just kind of zoom into going past it, but, but just kind of hold it, put, put a foot on the brake, put the, put the gear shift in neutral, your heavenly father, um, allow that to wash over you. Wow. He's. He's he's the ultimate and greatest father we could ever possibly have because he's your heavenly father. Uh, every one of us had imperfect fathers. Uh, some of us had terrible fathers. Some of us had great fathers, but they were still human and they were still sinful. So they weren't perfect. They weren't the ultimate father that we need. But that's who we have because of his kingdom and his righteousness and his son dying on the cross so we could be adopted by our heavenly father. And I think just allow that to sit in the midst of your anxiety. Again, it's not saying ignore your circumstances. It's not saying cover up those circumstances. It's see your circumstances in and realize your heavenly father is right here he's near he's with you he's caring he has taken care of you in the past his his love knows no limits and again uh, uh, meditating on those realities and allowing them to transform who you are in the midst of the the uncertainty and the anxiety mm. I'm feeling more calm now than I was 40 minutes ago. This is, is very helpful. <laughs> oh, it's very helpful to me too, because I needed to hear what you just said, and I, I'm sh- certain a lot of other people are as well. In verse 27, Randy, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Would you talk about that a little bit more? <laughs> it's almost funny, isn't it? It is. I it's- mean, it's okay. All right, listen. You're you're trying to control this situation, right? You're trying to try to keep your hands all around it. Are you really qualified for this job? Um, um. Um, uh, um, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Or there, there's another place where he talks about, uh, you know, adding any stature to you. Right. Uh, uh, another place about anxiety, about you know, he cares for the birds of the air. Um, which of you could add, uh, or no, 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 he counts and he knows that the number of hairs on your head. Do, do you know the number of hairs? No. Could you ever figure it out? No. I really don't think so. No. I so so again, the, it, there's something about letting go of oh, okay. I'm trying to con- well. I don't just try to control me and my circumstance. I I would like to control the whole world, Bill. I really would. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I think I've tried on a number of occasions. <laughs> did Did it work at all? Or not so good. No, no, not, no, I don't think so. Okay. And I, I, I think it's got a very low likelihood in the future. Yeah. So, so you're right. That is worth pausing, and um, 
who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Um, uh, we've talked about this in previous conversations. I mean, I've, I've written a whole bunch about asking questions. Look at how that question works on us and how much more helpful it is than if he just made it as a statement. He could have said, listen, worrying is not going to add anything to your life. Got mm -hmm. it? Period. Mm -hmm. But he asked a question, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Okay. Just, uh, all right, let's look around. Who's who's qualified? Are you qualified? Mm. Uh, a question opens up so that we step into the answer instead of just hear the answer. Yeah. Boy, Jesus was a master at that, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I think that's one of the most important lessons we need to learn from him is asking good questions, asking questions of ourselves. Hey, what are you doing right now? Mm -hmm. Where are you looking? What are you trusting in right now? Can you really provide what you're hoping to get? Where else could you look? To whom else could you look? Yeah, so good. We're going to take a little break. Dr. Randy Newman is my guest. We're going to return and, con and continue talking about Matthew chapter 6. Do not worry. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. My guest is Dr. Randy Newman. We are in Matthew chapter 6. And I love this verse, Randy, when we get down to... 33, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We've heard that verse a thousand times, and I wonder, do we really know what it means? Well, um, um, we know some of what it means. I think we won't really know all that it means until the kingdom comes in all of its fullness. Uh, you know, we're we're in this point when the kingdom has been inaugurated, but it's still not here in all of its fullness. Mm -hmm. That will Jesus returns. So then I think, oh, that's what was going on. So no, we don't totally know. But again, like so many verses that are very familiar to us, we they become so familiar that we no longer slow down and read them. So um, I'm struck with the word first. Um, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So it it doesn't say seek only mm -hmm. his kingdom and his righteousness. Again, uh, you know, we do need to take care of ourselves and we need to plan and we need to go grocery shopping. And um, so, but it's, but it's put things in the proper perspective and put the kingdom and his righteousness first. And then all those other things will take care of themselves and all those other things the Lord will show us how we need to be involved in those things. Um, so uh, again, I don't, I don't think we fully, well, I know we don't, uh, when it says uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all that God has done for us in 
making us righteous in his son. No, we don't fully grasp that. We're, we're going to be growing in our understanding of that uh, our whole entire lives and then for all eternity. Um, but what, whatever amount we can understand, the more we dwell on it and focus on it and meditate on it, um, the more expansive our understanding of things will be. Mm-hmm. I think that verse in particular from pastors and youth pastors and speakers have said that verse, and I know I don't know if it's ever been really explained well, and I remember hearing that voice ever since I was a young young believer. Well, um, yeah, you know, it's easy it's easy to sort of throw it out like a like like a punchline. No, yeah. that's not right. That's not uh, right. Like, <laughs> well, like like a cliche that there that settles that. Right. Um, you know what you're doing? You're not seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. Right. Yeah, you're right. That yeah. So just seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Yeah, you're right. That's what I should do. Um, <laughs> but it probably would be better to okay. Now what what does that really mean? Um, what does that mean in here? Let let me just pick a situation. You're you're in a crowded line at the grocery store. Not that that happens at this time of year, but maybe, maybe somewhere around there. <laughs> and, you know, it's just chaos and there's noise. And, and um, I, I can be really pretty miserable in those situations. All right. So what would that mean to, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in that situation? Well, okay. The Lord has put me here. Um, maybe I should strike up some conversations with people around me. Maybe I should use that time to pray. Maybe I should look around me and see who these people are that God has placed around me. Lord, would you give me more compassion for these people? I mean, there's, um, <laughs> I was, I was uh, telling a friend a while ago that I, I was in one of these situations where nothing was moving as quickly as I wanted to be moving, which mm-hmm. is immediate now and i was i just had to wait for a very long time i mean hours in this one place and this friend said to me so so what did you do during that time i said i just fumed i just i just <laughs> right plane. it was like and he said well did did you pray i said about what <laughs> he said well i don't know there's a lot of things you could pray about but maybe you could pray about that situation you know lord Please help these people do their jobs faster so I could get out of here. Did you did you pray that? No, I didn't I didn't pray at all. Uh, <laughs> this is really embarrassing. I can't believe I'm admitting this on live radio. Um but um uh, and then the next thing he said is, "Well, did you did you talk to anybody?" He said, "Were there people around you?" "Oh yeah, tons of people. They were all waiting for the same thing I was waiting for." So, "Well, did you talk to them?" I said, "About what?" <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. I write books on evangelism. Right. I didn't want to do it. You didn't um, want to do it. Yeah. So um, but but so it's okay, get your focus outward. Look at God and his the fact that he's the heavenly father, that he is the king of his kingdom, and he has brought his righteousness to this very unrighteous world. And that does transform the way we think, but it it, it takes it takes um, mental and prayerful and yeah. spiritual effort. Yeah, it really does, Randy. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the guy in the 10 items or less lane who have, seems to have 16 items, and I think it's now time for a remedial math course. 
I have no idea what you're talking about, Bill. That's terrible. Nobody does that around here. No, for uh, sure not. For sure not. Yeah. No, but I love that. I love that idea that we, we have to just be in the moment and pray and figure out how can I connect with people and and have a kingdom mindset and and think of seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. That that mm. illustration, Randy, I think helped uh, me a lot. Mm. Um, I hope I can do this quickly because I know we need to go soon. But let me just share. You you mentioned that I love music. I was a music major a million years ago when I was an undergraduate student. And every semester um, as a music major, you had to perform a piece of music for four professors in the College of Music. And it was this very sterile, nerve-wracking, anxious situation. It was not like performing a concert or performing for an audience. Nobody applauded when you were done. They just sat. <laughs> These are four professors who were not very happy to be there listening to piece after piece after piece. And they sat there with their note paper in front of them, you know, when you were done, they didn't applaud. They just said, oh, okay, thank you. You mm-hmm. can leave now. Um, and and I would get so nervous. And I said one time to my private teacher, my instructor, I said, what do I do? I get so nervous in those situations. He says, well, well like, what do you mean? I said, my knees shake. I have, I have trouble concentrating. Uh, I feel like my fingers are going to shake and not play the right notes. And he said, well, don't focus on your nervousness. Don't focus on your shaking knees or your whatever the symptoms are of your nervousness, because that'll only make it worse. I said, so what do I focus on? And he said, the music. <laughs> <laughs> what a clever idea. Yeah, I didn't he, see that one coming. Way, he, was a, he was a very godly Christian man, and nice. then he would talk about implications. But but no, concentrate on the music. Yeah. Listen to what's sounding. Yeah. Focus on the notes on the page and the Love sound. It making because if you focus on your nervousness you're it's only going to get worse yeah and i i I remembered that for my goodness almost 50 years speaking of the music there it is we're out of time thanks randy great to be with you (laughs) thank you happy thanksgiving everyone thanks for listening programming like this is made available through your support Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.